You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Smart Connect Podcast, the podcast for small to medium sized enterprises. Join your host, Anne Marie Cross, as she interviews business experts and industry thought leaders on best practice initiatives, innovation, and insights to help you grow your business. Now, over to your host. And welcome back to another episode of Smart Connect Podcast. This is episode 16, and we do feature business experts and industry thought leaders to help you effectively navigate a constantly changing and disruptive marketplace. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, did you know that the average age of a business owner is 58 years? However, only 45% of businesses have a strategic plan, and only 52% have a business plan, and 34% of business owners don't have an adequately funded retirement plan and I wonder where you fit on that scale. Now someone who is passionate about building profitable businesses that enable business owners to have more cash flow as well as free time out of their business is business coach Nabil Salome. Now Nabil is no stranger to business. He's a qualified engineer and accredited business coach and has over 36 years of both small business and corporate experience and having run a family business that employed 32 staff. That's given him an intimate understanding of what businesses need to be successful. And for over 15 years, Nabil and Quantum Business Advisors have used proven methods of increasing business profitability and performance to help small to medium sized as well as family owned businesses. Now on today's show, Nabil is going to speak about Growing a business to whatever level you want it to be is simple. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it is. He's going to talk more about that. He's also going to share the profit formula for growing businesses' profits in a powerful way so that you can grow your profits strategically, as well as most businesses don't have a clue where they're going or how to get there. That's a big mistake, a huge mistake. So we're going to be talking more about that on today's show as well. So welcome to the show, Nabil. Thank you very much, Anne-Marie. This is a real pleasure to be talking to you. I'm really looking forward to you sharing the insights. I mean, some of those statistics that I opened the show, the fact that so many people are running businesses, but unfortunately, they don't have a strategic plan, they don't have a business plan, and they don't have adequately funded retirement plans. So when we then go into retirement, we haven't got enough funds to live. Let's talk about growing our business to whatever level that we want it to be is simple, but doesn't mean it's easy, but it is. Let's talk a bit more about that. I guess the thing about it is uh, a lot of people get very caught up in the doing of the business and not so much about how the actual business should be structured and how it should actually be managed from a, a big picture point of view. And the typical uh, stereotypical thing where you might have somebody who's a good tradesman or even a good professional, like you know, might be a web designer or somebody who's an accountant or somebody who's very skilled in terms of the function of the business, and they launch themselves and they run this, the business successfully at a very small level. And then they reach the limit of their capability because once they're trading their hours for, for dollars, that's where it stops. That's where they reach a cap and then from there on it becomes a struggle. Mm. And that's why I say it really has to be something where there's a planned approach and a really thought out approach that what do I really want my business to look like in the future and then design that and 
actually make that happen, that make that manifest. One of the things that we know that planning and having steps in place before they are actually needed is very important. So at what level mm -hmm. then as a business owner who may not yet be at a stage where they need to increase their staff, uh, what kind of triggers or what kind of signs do you say, look, it's, it's important that we start to put into place um, some plans to be able to have some staff come on board so that you can free up more of your time? Uh, that, that's an excellent question. I believe that the trigger should be at every stage. Mm. When you're first starting to think about uh, launching a business, you should be putting some paper. Now, those, those uh, plans may be actually quite simple and very rudimentary, but at the end of the day, there needs to be some some thought as to what needs to be done to make that a successful launch. Mm. If the business is at a stage where there's some ambition, and I, I love working with successful business owners that have got a really good, strong business, but yet it has plateaued because it doesn't matter where that business is at, that next step can be designed as long as it's visualized with that vision then it can actually be put into some sort of format that you can work backwards and develop the, plan, the, the plans. Uh, if I can give you just a quick example, Anne-Marie. Absolutely. It's, it's very, yeah, it's very simple. Now, you imagine somebody buying a block of land and deciding that they want to build a house. Now, it would be absolute lunacy to actually start building that house without having a drafted plan of the of the house how the wiring is going to be how the the walls are going to be how the bricks are going to look like how the windows where the windows are going to be placed the electrics the roof everything you 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 would absolutely never ever do that would you no no not at all and yet people look at their business and they say i'm just starting i'm a re i love do i love creating websites or i'm a really good mechanic and i can really get my business to fly and they do that without really putting the the thought and the diligence around that now i'm not talking about going over the top i'm not going the thing about complexity is you can go overboard so my process is that i encourage people to use are fairly simple and straightforward but they're very equally powerful. I know for some smaller businesses when they're starting out they are trying to do a lot of things themselves because they haven't yet got the funds or the income to be able to support hiring staff but sometimes mm -hmm. the process of okay and here's something that I often find that many businesses own, business owners struggle with is around their bookkeeping their accounts. Now hiring mm -hmm. someone who is an expert in that field is going to take so less, so much less time than what it would take for some of us business owners who have no real idea and so often we hate it. So sometimes it can be just looking at where can we start off small to be able to free up our time that might take us four or five hours to do something which, you know, someone who is skilled in that area, it might take one or two hours. Oh, absolutely. And, and you're hitting one of my favorite areas, which is business owners that are you know, really running ragged and they're very, very busy. And we just look at what are the low value tasks that they're doing. And bookkeeping, mm. yes, you actually pay good money for a good bookkeeper. And they are worth every cent. Most of them are. Mm. Um, but the reality is, you know, w the money that you save and if you invest that in the right areas around growing your business, driving your business forward, you can reap the benefits many, many times mm. over. And it's interesting, yeah, one of my favorite questions for business owners is around those low-level tasks and 
and I ask them, and sometimes this puts them on, on off guard, and I ask, what is your hourly rate? What, how much do you pay yourself an hour? And often they come back and they say, well, what do you mean? And I say, well, if you look at how much you're, you're, you're paying yourself and you divide the number of hours you're putting into your business, mm-hmm. how much are you paying yourself? And sometimes they they shake their head when they actually do that calculation yes. because really they're, they're doing a lot of low-level tasks that are taking up a lot of time that they could be using much, much more productively. Yes. And that's really where an area that has to be attended to is making sure that they're doing a high-value added work. Sometimes we don't know what we don't know. What mm-hmm. would you say are some of the key low-value tasks? Of course, they're important, but someone else can do them. We've already spoken about bookkeeping. Are there any other tasks that typically you see business owners getting stuck on that they really need to, to outsource and get a team member to, to do? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, I remember once uh, going to uh, to visit a client at his uh, retail business and he had this big box that he was packaging up and wrapping up and addressing. And oh. there was two staff members in the back room of his uh, shop that were standing beside him. And I, uh, <laughs> I I questioned him about that. I said, what are you doing? And he said, well, this is really important. This is a very important consignment that has to go out this afternoon. And I said, well, okay, fair enough. Uh, what will you do once you've actually parceled it up? And he said, well, I'm going to t- go down and take it to the post office and make sure that it's on its way. Mm. Now, excuse me, <laughs> but this is this is a owner of a four and a half million dollar business. Yeah. <laughs> and and if he can't trust his staff to address the parcel properly and deliver it to the post office, something's very sad. But yeah. it was about the degree of control that he felt he needed to have in his business. Yes. Yeah, I mean, mm. there's. We always say that uh, you know it's important as CEOs in our business that we would not expect our staff to do something that we wouldn't. But that's taking it to the to the extreme, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's one example. I mean, there's there's numerous examples around low level tasks in terms of uh, you know unnecessarily checking emails multiple multiple times. Um, you know the way you handle your your phones you know obviously you want to be available and accessible um but some people take it to a very ridiculous degree um even simple things like you know the amount of travel that people do as part of their business uh, Mm. and how they actually conduct that side but what what i do and i encourage everybody to do this regardless of where they're at is to do a time audit actually take stock of what you do over a week and take note of that and then review that and see, gee, where are the productive hours? Where are the unproductive hours? Which ones can I trim away? Which ones can I delegate? And you will find that there's going to be many hours a week that are going to be saved. Mm. And they're the ones that you can invest into more value adding. Yes, that's right. And, and uh, you know, the client facing, particularly getting new clients and, and talking uh, proposals, yeah. those the real revenue generating uh, functions. And often as uh, business owners, when we are able to, to champion that area, that's right. You know, we are then increasing 
our revenue, which of course then leads beautifully into the next area, which you'd like to share some insights around the profit formula. Mm. And this is growing mm. business profits in a powerful way so that we can grow our profits strategically. Where are some things that you see businesses are not doing this correctly? I always like to, to pinpoint a few of the areas that we're not doing correctly because that often, yep. oh, I'm doing that. And then we, we can talk about some things we should be doing. Right. Okay. One of my favorite areas is in the area of marketing. Mm -hmm. Now, I am not, let me just emphasize that I am not a marketer. So when somebody really needs good, some good marketing, especially now in the social media, the digital space, mm -hmm. I have uh, alliances with people that cover that space. But very, very often, Andrew, people uh, say, I need more customers, I need more clients, I need more patients, whatever they, they way they they label the, the people that they serve. Uh, I need more of them. So I need to spend a lot more money on marketing and I need to do a lot more of it. Mm. And that sometimes is the case, but very often, and the reason I emphasize strategically is because a lot of times that's not what they need to do. What they have is a reasonable way of getting inquiries, but they're not effectively converting those into customers mm -hmm. and take that step back instead of just having a knee-jerk reaction that you want to spend another x thousand dollars a month on adwords or whatever mechanism that you want to just generate that extra business take a step back and have a look at the other key critical parts of your business and one of the areas that i have a lot of success in is in the area of evaluating and reviewing the sales process and the rewards are much easier to be had when you develop a better and a much more stronger sales process in the business. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean that businesses don't have to market. It's, 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 it's crazy to think that. But a lot of times, the area that has to be focused on is not necessarily where the business owner thinks that it is. And this is where doing it strategically and reviewing it and actually measuring can make a really good insight into where the focus needs to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think what you've just said around measuring is so important, particularly if we get 10 inquiries in and we've only converted one or two of those. If we were to increase the conversion and make that eight or nine even, or, or certainly higher, that in itself mm -hmm. is going to make a, a huge impact. I know sometimes it's difficult and, and it's going to be different for every industry and every company, but when you're working mm -hmm. with with a, a client where are you saying to them well we really want to get your conversions up around this area because if it's any lower then you need to start looking is there kind of a figure that you work to yes and no um, and and I'll qualify that when a, an inquiry comes in as a referral it needs to be high it needs to be 90% plus or at least 80% plus conversion rate mm. and that's that's you'd expect that because somebody says Anne-Marie's great she's great at what she does you need to work with her so there's that endorsement that third-party endorsement sure. when it comes in as a cold inquiry or somebody's found you online or in, in some other way you met them at a networking function whatever mechanism that you use to promote your business then the ratio will be much lower. Mm -hmm. And so I, I like to separate those two out. But the reality is if somebody's uh, converting at, like you say, 10 or 20 percent, 
you could literally double the business. If you take it, say, 20% and you you increase that conversion rate to 40%, you've literally doubled that business. That's right. That's mm. that's not impossible to do. In fact, I've got many cases where we've done that. And the reality is uh, it's by focusing on one area, which is the area of sales. Mm. And it's an exciting area to work in. It yes. really is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of potential clients are slipping through our fingers, so to speak, because of the fact that the process that we have to nurture, to talk with, to explain, um, you know, the value that they would be getting, that's really relevant and in a way that the ideal client can see that through investing, it, they're going to generate some really incredible results. When we haven't got that right, that means that, yeah, we're letting these people go. Do you find then that when uh, you are speaking to people and the conversion rate is not as high as what you think it could be, it's because that they lack a process, they don't have the right steps uh, to, to follow as they're talking to potential clients or there are other areas as well? Uh, there are other areas. Uh, lack of process is one, one area. It may be that there's poor training. Um, uh, one of my clients has a, a team of around nine, ten salespeople and once they invested heavily in training and upskilling uh, the, the sales team, their conversion rate increased dramatically. Mm. Now, just with that example, and I am very confidential with all of the uh, information I have around my clients, but when I give it generically, uh, yes. it's because uh, it, it's it's out of respect for them. But mm. uh, when you look at a business that's turning over around $10 million a year and you increase their conversion rate by 1%, I mean that that's a, a tiny amount. You're increasing the the turnover by a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. So so you're talking about a significant increase just by a small minuscule change in conversion rate. Yes. So yeah. So the impact can be really really lucrative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it does take uh, a review of that whole area, as it does all of the other areas of business. You know, what's happening in their operations. One of my the the profit formula that uh, you were mentioning before is really about also being aware that what a business spends its money on, a lot of a lot of that or a percentage of that is wasted, and it might be a waste of time. It may be a waste of uh, resources. It may be products that's manufactured that's uh, not. 100% ready to sell. It, it could be a whole lot of things. And so as a result of that, we do a waste audit. And out of that, there can be many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars of savings. That's right. So you've got it. We're looking at one end for the revenue coming in, the sales conversions, and then yep. at the other end, what yep. are we spending our hard-earned exactly. money on? Yep. Can we cut those costs? And sometimes, as you say, it could be looking at where it's spending. And and I've even heard of some businesses, believe it or not, not having a a proper system in place with their accounts receivable and paying a credit card bill twice. And I'm not just talking about a small <laughs> amount. I'm talking tens yes. of thousands of dollars. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and when you look at you know the the fees and charges and all of that, you know, we we do a proper review of that area and uh, and uh, that can be very lucrative because whilst I am not an accountant, I've got a, a, the utmost respect for good accountants. Mm. Um, what I find is that uh, the diligence around the numbers in business are often lacking, 
and this is an area which uh, there's some very low hanging fruit that can be uh, um, realized out of making some really good gains. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes as businesses, we do get, tend to get stuck in a rut. But when someone like yourself comes and asks some really good questions, you know, if the answer is, well, we've always done it that way, that may not necessarily be the best way just because you've done that uh, for, for, yes. for a long time. And I think, as you said, things are changing. And when we're not monitoring, when we're not uh, tracking, we can't improve and, uh, yeah, improve mm -hmm. from incoming and, of course, outgoing as well. Are there any other key areas for the profit formula? Or are those the main ones that you really recommend we start to look at? Oh, look, the, the profit formula is, is simple in concept. And have you heard of the saying, an inch wide, a mile deep? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. If, if I can explain that for those on the call that are not aware of that, it, yes, it's basically saying mm -hmm. in, in terms of... Uh, Concept-wise, it's a fairly simple concept, but w when you drill down in terms of each of the areas, you can go down to into an, an incredible level of detail that can you can work with. Mm -hmm. So the profit formula is a very simple concept to say your profit is made up of your sales, and you take away from that your costs, which are your fixed costs and your variable costs. So the whole idea is that you maximize your sales by having good sales conversion, by having good marketing, by having all of those areas done properly and done well. And this is really about looking at that strategically. And at the same time, you look at your fixed costs and you look at where you're spending money that you may not need to be spending money and how you can save money there. And in both the fixed costs and the variable cost areas, you look at how you can achieve a higher margin. And the combination of that compounds to give you much, much higher profitability. Yes. So I hope I haven't complicated it because I really do as a principle, try and keep things very, very clear and very simple. Mm. I've le learned a lesson many, many years from, from a number of mentors that said, the simplest of things can often have the most powerful of results. And sometimes people negate, you know, things that are simplistic, which is unfortunate, but the way that you've described mm. that uh, makes a lot of sense. So certainly gives mm. us mm. a food for thought to start to evaluate yeah. and, and do some further tracking and, and monitoring. And of course, at the end of the show, we'll uh, give people uh, the best way for them to get in contact with you if they want to support, some support on that. But let's talk about why businesses mm -hmm. or most businesses don't have a clue where they're going or how to get there. That really is a, a big mistake. Let's share mm. a little bit more about that. I guess um, people, I mean, I, I, I have been working with business owners. Uh, I, I had 20 years in corporate working for large companies, but then I had this, I suppose, an entrepreneurial seizure and I decided that I'd go out and, mm -hmm. and work and focus on small businesses. And uh, I think there's a certain discipline around doing some planning, which people are averse to. A lot of people in their own personal lives may at New Year's Eve decide that they're going to get fit or stop smoking or start a project or whatever. And they do that in a, in a moment mm. rather than do it properly. And I think it carries over into the business side of things where people believe that once they get the business going, it actually perpetuates. And as it grows, it's, it's a natural process. And sometimes it is. 
I've, I've worked with some incredible businesses that have grown really well and they, but they've tended to stagnate at some point because what has happened is the knowledge and the skills has plateaued and the vision and the focus on the future has got clouded by the reality of the day-to-day. -day. It, it, it really comes back to a bit of the mindset around understanding that, like I mentioned earlier about the example with building a house, that really if you want to get really good results in your business, you need to invest a certain amount of time, and again, not a huge amount of time. I'm not talking about writing a 80-page business plan, for example, because I, again, believe in simplicity, boil it down with my clients to a one-page plan. Mm -hmm. And on that one page is the roadmap for them achieving their goals, whatever, whatever quantity they want. So... Yes. It doesn't have to be that overly complicated. Mm. But again, it, it's a mindset and it's also about understanding the power of planning and doing it and making sure that you follow through with it. Yeah. One of the things that I would often say back when I was in the career industry is that, and the same with their careers, a lot of people didn't map out their careers, what projects they wanted to become involved in so that they could increasingly uh, go up the corporate mm. ladder. Yet, when it comes to our holidays, we spend all sorts of time and energy focused on where we're going to go, how we're going to get there, what are we going to do once we get there. We just wouldn't hop in our motor vehicles or go to the airport and say, well, let's just catch the first plane that comes. And, and just wherever we end up, we end up for our holiday. Yet our mm. business or our life, in, in, you know, it, it, don't we want to get, generate the great results? Why wouldn't we plan that? And I think having a one-page yeah. strategic plan and a one-page business plan that we can look at on a regular basis, it gives us some milestones that we need to work towards. And it also allows us to celebrate uh, along the journey. That's also important too, yeah. as we're starting to achieve those milestones. Can you, I mean, obviously you don't want to disclose private mm. information from clients, but I'm sure when a client has one of these one-page strategic plan or a business plan and they start to track mm -hmm. and monitor, they can see mm -hmm. some incredible results and in momentum being built and results, yes? Absolutely. And and one of the things, I just completed one. We're talking now, just recently, we finished the end of financial year and part of the process, depending on whether when my clients come on board, is we do the annual planning yes. and this is a client who's been um, with me for a few months but we did a, a plan and their comment at the end of that process was two things one they were amazed at how painless <laughs> the process was because mm. <laughs> when, when, when I, I raised it with them they were, they were feeling a little bit daunted um, and the other thing is the immense clarity the incredible clarity they got that to actually increase the business by the percentage that they uh, they wanted to achieve mm. was actually achievable and that they could see there in black and white on one single sheet of paper the spe steps that they would need to do for that to happen yes now that is incredibly powerful and and the their actual physical energy or I suppose maybe their mental energy lifted quite dramatically in the last few meetings that we had since we've done that um, because the focus is is really like you know we, they're not getting deflected on the next shining object they're not getting distracted by something yes they're attending to the day-to-day -day, but they're also 
keeping their eye on the prize, which is let's work on this action plan and let's implement it because we know we've got an extra however much that we're going to be achieving as a result of that. Mm. So, but I guess the the alarming thing uh, and the, the research that I had is from a, a study that is done periodically by RMIT and MGI. Right. And when I read that, it really substantiated the fact that what I find in the field, and that is that there are a lot of businesses that are actually flying blind. And if they're flying blind, then the reason why they're struggling is in part due to the fact that they haven't got something really clear and vivid to focus on that really gets them excited and jumping and working towards that. Yeah. And I know as businesses, sometimes, it, let's take, for example, marketing. There are so many different ways that we can market our business. And what I often find, and you probably find this with clients too, when we're not tracking and monitoring, we can't actually see some of the things that are working really well. And if we're not tracking and monitoring, sometimes what we do is we say, well, none of that worked. And we end up that saying, we throw the baby out with the bathwater. So in other words, we yep. neglect what is actually working really well and once once we understand what is we can be far more intentional in that and if we want to try a few other things we can do so slowly to the point where that's working really well too have you found that too yes very much and and nowadays uh, things tend to be much more focused to towards digital mm. which actually is an advantage because you can actually track and monitor test and measure a lot more easily with the digital side of things than you did, you know, say 10, 15 years ago. When I started coaching, I'd say, well, what's your response to your newspaper ads or mm. to your Yellow Pages book? Remember that? Yes. <laughs> There's a legacy from, <laughs> exactly. from, from bygone days. <laughs> um, and people look at me blankly and I'd say, well, you know, how many calls are you getting from your ad that you spent, you know, $80,000 on yes. in the local yellow page and the, and the main book in the yellow pages? And they, they look at me blankly. And I said, you've invested a lot of money. Mm. You're going to be making a lot of sales based on your margins to actually cover that alone, let alone feed yourself. And so there's a little bit of uh, ignorance or putting your head in the sand there. And look, I, I, I really, really don't mean to be too critical of business owners. I have the utmost respect for somebody who's going out on a limb and backing themselves and uh, setting up a business of whatever size and whatever industry. The small business owner is the champion in society in my books. Yeah. But absolutely. having said that, there are things that can be done. And this is the point I really want to emphasize. There are things that can be done a lot better. And by looking at that information and analyzing and tweaking it, you can actually get much, much better results mm. and ask for help. A lot of people are uh, very shy about um, asking for help because it's to some, it's a bit of an admission that I haven't actually succeeded. I've failed mm. uh, to some degree, but that's not the case. No. That's not the case, no. I think sometimes when, you know, a number of business owners get together and they are transparent and they're happy to do so, people mm -hmm. would be surprised at how many strategies or tactics we tried and it failed. And you know what? Everybody's been in that, that situation. And for sure, you know, we learn from that. And I think sometimes being more open and willing to, to share and not say, you know, not be shy to say, I tried this and it absolutely failed miserably. We can all learn and grow from, from that.
but we're not on our yeah. own as you said there are many businesses that are that are challenged and and you know what you know business easy it doesn't mean that it's easy but if we put into place some of the simple steps that you shared today and really started monitoring that whatever we're doing is really hitting the ground well and and is generating the best results then it's just growing sustaining that and growing the business incrementally um, once you got the right foundations in place yeah no it, it, it's very true and uh, like i said i i really do have uh, the, the highest respect for people in business because it, it's, it is the path that can be more, uh, more challenging. And, mm. and look, there's nothing secure in any uh, career as, as an employee or in business. You know, mm. nothing is guaranteed 100%. But the journey of business should be fun. Yeah. It, sh it should be enjoyable. They should, business owners should have that spring in their step to say, wow, I'm doing something that's worthwhile. I'm serving my customers or mm. clients or patients. So there needs to be that positivity around it. And it's not the, you know, fluffy kind of positivity. It should be based on, you know, solid, solid plans around how the business is going to grow or even how the business owner is going to reduce their hours and, and actually leverage themselves out of the business. Mm -hmm. So one of one of the things about one of the statistics that you read right at the start, with the average age of business owners being 58 years old, um, one of the other things which this report that I mentioned earlier uh, states is that 25% of business owners are aged 65 and above. Wow. Now you mm -hmm. think about that that used to be the age of retirement for people who had careers or were employees mm -hmm. and yet we've got a very large cohort there and unless they do something differently they're not going to be able to sell their business for anything half decent yeah and and the a lot of people look at that sale of their business as their retirement fund, fund, if you like. Mm -hmm. And yet if they don't have these key things in place, it's going to make it very difficult for it to be something that can um, be saleable. So, Nabil, you've shared yeah. such a wealth of, of knowledge with us today, and I know that we've only just scratched the surface. So if people are wanting to find out more about you and the services that you offer, what's the best way for them to do that? My contact number is... Uh, my business obviously is Quantum Business Advisors. And so my uh, number or my office number is 1300-7-QUANTUM. And I think that's 1300-778-268. I also am available via email on nabil, N-A-B-I-L, at QBA. So that's Q for Quantum, B for Business, A for Advisors, .com.au. And uh, my website is qba.com.au. So there's multiple ways. And look, I am very passionate about helping uh, business owners because uh, there's so much that can be done. And there's a, an exciting journey for each and every one. And it's something that's there to, to be had. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks once again for coming on the show, Nabil. And of course, please go and connect to Nabil at www.qba.com.au or send him a direct email, Nabil, N-A-B-I-L at qba.com.au. Thanks again for coming on the show. And thank you very much for the opportunity to talk to you and to share my, uh, my little gems. 
Well, that brings us to the end of another show. Please do encourage you to reach out to Nabil. As you can see, he's uh, certainly been and brought a wealth of knowledge and experience to today's uh, interview. Now, if you do want to connect with Australia's foremost collective of business experts and thought leaders to SMEs, go to ssba.net.au. That's ssba.net.au.